0: Amen. Thank you so much, Terry and Kyle. Thank you, choir and our praise team. Thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, turn to John chapter 19. We're going to look at John 19. Also, Luke chapter 23. I'm going to share a sermon with you this morning that I've entitled, Just the Secret to Ultimate Living. The secret to ultimate living. We all want to have an ultimate lives, the best life. You know, we want to live life to its abundance. You know, the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He wants us to have an abundant life while we're living. He wants us to have the ultimate life right now. And I hope you're experiencing the ultimate life. Right now, if not, I hope you'll begin today to experience the ultimate life. John chapter 19, we want to look at one verse. If you just would, just remain seated. John 19, and we'll look at at verse 30. John 19, verse 30. Now, Jesus is on the cross, and he's been crucified, and then he speaks from the cross. So when Jesus, in verse 30, had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. Then if you would look to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23, there again, Jesus on the cross. This is Luke's account, Luke chapter 23. And uh, we'll be looking at first at verse 44. Now, it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. In verse 46, as our text. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I'll commit my spirit. And having said this, He breathed his last. In verse 47, And when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have now to have worshipped you, and now for you to speak to our hearts through your word. Help us to remember your word is inerrant. It's inspired. It's God-breathed. It's without error. And so, Father, help us to understand as we read your word, you're speaking to us today. And we thank you for your word. Give me the words to say, the right words to say, your words that you'd have me to say, in the right spirit to say the man. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I remind you back in, in John 19, verse 30, uh, when Jesus was on the cross, he received the sour wine. He said, it is finished. And bowing his head. He gave up the spirit. What did Jesus mean when he said, it is finished? Well, it is finished um, is the English translation of one Greek word. I'm going to give you that Greek word. You have it in your notes. It is finished is the English translation of the word telestia. Telestia. And I believe, Christy, was it you that you have a bracelet that says telestia? And it means it is finished. It's finished. So this morning, we want to hurriedly examine this word, this Greek word, telestia, kind of like a a seminary student would examine it uh, taking a Greek class. We want to look at that together. First of all, in your notes, telestia is in the third person. It's really important. Jesus said it's finished. Now, he didn't say, he didn't say, I am finished, but he said, it is finished. So it's not in the first person because Jesus was not finished. In fact, we we're kind of waiting for his return to, to call us to be with him in the air, waiting for the rapture. And so, however, this wonderful responsibility had of completing redemption for the whole world had been finished. But as far as Jesus was concerned, he wasn't finished yet. He he still has a lot more to do. But in regards to redemption, it's finished. So telestia, third person, everything man needs to be redeemed by God was finished. Secondly, telestia is is in perfect tense. Now, what does that mean? Well, when a word is in perfect tense, it speaks of action that was done in the past and continues in the present and continues in the future, and it'll forever go on and on and on and on. So what he did on the cross was finished. It was salvation was made complete there on the cross. The sacrifice for sin never has to be made again. The work of the cross has never, has to never be repeated again. It was perfect tense. It was action that was done in the past, centuries past, centuries in the future, and will ever be. That's what that word means. Let me give you another one. The third, if you're taking notes, telestia is in the passive voice. Now what does that mean? Passive refers to action done for another. Action done for another. Passive voice refers to that action done for someone else. The point is there one once, one on the cross, Jesus, what he did on that cross, he did all that was necessary for you and for me to be born again all that was necessary it's passive voice passive voice refers to action done for someone else so what jesus did on the cross he did for you and he did he did for you and he did for me it's finished jesus was not finished but salvation as he saw salvation was finished and the final words of jesus now some think the words It is finished was his final words, but his final words are really in Luke chapter 23, verse 46 and verse 47. Notice this, and we'll bring it all together in just a minute. Verse 46 says, and when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And so Jesus breathed his last. After he spoke those words. Now the point is Jesus could not say Luke 23, verse 46, until he said, It is finished. Okay? And so you have to understand that. Listen, in order for Jesus to give himself completely to God, he had to know this that he had to know the secret of ultimate livingness. That's what we want to look at. So this morning we're going to share, I'm going to share with you how you can live life to such extent that no one can live better than you can live or no one can have more than you can have. If you have Christ, you're going to have everything you need. And you have to have Christ to have that. So what's the secret of ultimate giving? Look, if you will, at point two. We're going to go from there. The secret of ultimate giving. Secondly, the secret of ultimate living is expressed in an ultimate relationship with the Heavenly Father. Ultimate living is expressed in an ultimate relationship. Now what did Jesus say there in Luke 23? He says what? Father. 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 He starts out with Father. At 12 years old, Mary and Joseph, they find Jesus, and he's in the temple, and he's speaking to some theologians. And Jesus said to his mother, he said this, did you, not know, did you not know that I had to be about my father's business? So here's the point. The first recorded words out of the mouth of Jesus was that he had a father in heaven. He knew he had that father in heaven. On the sermon, sermon on the Mount, he mentioned Father 17 times. John chapter 17, he used the word Father 6 times. In the Paschal Discourse in John chapter 17, he used the word Father 45 times. And so listen, to be able to call God Father is, the, is part of the secret of the ultimate life that one can have in knowing Christ Jesus. Knowing him as father, the secret of ultimate living is expressed in an ultimate relationship with the heavenly father. One day, May the 10th, 1951, I was born physically and became the physical son of a physical father. However, when I was 11 years old there at Rockwood Baptist Church, I was reborn and I became the spiritual child of my Heavenly Father. So I had a physical father, then I had a Heavenly Father. I was a child of God immediately when I accepted Christ into my life to be my Lord and Savior. That's why John 1 verse 12 says, As many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so the point is, if you want to live the ultimate life here, then you have to have an ultimate relationship with the Father, which is in heaven. Jesus called from the cross, Father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And so there's this ultimate relationship. So this morning, you can cry out to your heavenly Father in heaven. Whatever need you have, he'll hear you. He'll help you. He'll come to you. So as a believer, we can cry out to our Father in heaven at any time, of, any hour of need in our life. We have a heavenly Father. So do you have that ultimate relationship? Do you know God as your heavenly Father? Well, to have that ultimate that uh, ultimate living uh, life that we want to have, that, that abundant life, number three, if you'll... If it's on the screen, you'll have ultimate living, and to have that ultimate living, there must be an ultimate security. The number one desire for America today is not more money. Americans don't want more money. They they don't want material things. They don't want, the number one need is what? Security. They're concerned about security. And the question is, can you be any more secure than knowing that you're in the hands of your heavenly Father. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. So to have this ultimate life, you have to know God as Father, and you have to commend yourself into his hands. Remember, in the hands of the Father. You know, when I was growing up, I remember remember my mother's hands. I remember how she used to hold my hand. I remember my father's hands. He had gentle hands, didn't have calluses. He was a draftsman and his hands were not real callous, but he, he worked with a pencil all day for over 45 years. But I remember their hands. I remember my wife's hands. And, and Jesus said from the cross, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. So the point is just to know that I'm in the hands of God makes me secure. Do you feel secure today? knowing that you're in the hands of God sure we are if you're are, are, would you be that secure if you if you were in the hands of the government of course not what if you were in the hands of the military you wouldn't be that secure what if you were in the hands of all the material wealth that you could that you could come come with would you be secure now that can be taken away at any moment but if you have called on God as Romans 10:13 and put your life in his hands, you have ultimate security. Look, if you will, at John chapter 10, and I want to read verse 28 and 29. You'll remember it. John 10, verse 28, Jesus said, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So ultimate living is expressed by an ultimate relationship. God is my Father. An ultimate security. I'm in his hands. And then number four, an ultimate living is expressed in an ultimate commitment. Talk about commitment just for a moment. Commitment, Father, into thy hands I commend, commend. Now that word commend means to deposit. It means to deposit a thing or, or to a place, uh, a thing to one's charge or to one's trust. You know, every week perhaps you go to the bank and you make a what? You make a deposit and you're taking your money and you're entrusting your money into that bank. You make that, you commend your wealth to that bank. People say, well, you know, I'm not going to commend myself to God. I'm going to do what I want to do, and I want to, you know, it's my life, and I'll I'll make it some way, and, you know, they they don't want to make that commitment to the Lord Jesus. But ultimate commitment is for you to give your life, to deposit your life, to deliver your life, to deposit your life, into the hands of God. Father into thy hands I commit, I commend. Now uh, some people perhaps that are here today and some people that are are viewing this sermon uh, this or this worship service now this sermon, you've never committed your life to the Lord Jesus and your life's in a mess right now. And you think well I can handle it myself but then you find out you can't really handle it yourself. It's in a mess, it's just unraveling, it's falling apart. And God wants you to commend your life to him. I read of a man who was a drunkard, who was a slave trader, who used profanity that shocked most evil people. This was in his biography. He was a whoremonger. But one day he was convicted, he was converted, and he wrote a song that goes like this, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And his name was John Newton. So the point is, if if God did that for John Newton, just think what God can do for you if you commit yourself to him. That's all he asked. So ultimate living comes from a ultimate relationship. Father comes from an ultimate security. Into thy hands, security, I commit. Now, what did he commit? He says, I commit my spirit. Ultimate success. Ultimate living. Number five. There must be ultimate success. Father, relationship. Into thy hands, security, I commit, I deposit, my spirit. Okay? Now, when you die... Your body's placed in the ground, but your spirit goes somewhere. It either goes to heaven or it goes to hell. Jesus said, God, I commend to you my spirit. Have you ever noticed that that everyone's getting older but but you and me? you ever noticed that? Uh, I was talking to Terry Wilburn this past week, and and before I came in here, I'm thinking to myself, how long has it been since I finished high school? And I had to pull a calculator out and figure the dates. But we're getting older. We're getting older. I heard about a man going to the doctor. He came home, his wife said, how'd it go? And he said, he gave me some pills. And she said, really? Well, that's not bad. He's, he said he wanted me to take these pills for the rest of my life. And she said, well, that should be easier enough. And he said, but he didn't give me but four pills. <laughs> So we're all getting older. We're headed for the same place. We have a choice. One day we're going to face death, and we can be defeated by death, or the Bible says that we can defeat death. Now, listen the moment I trusted Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, death was defeated. There's no sting in death anymore for the believer. I read this earlier this morning. It said one day a mother lay dying, and she asked one of her boys to thank Jesus that she's about to die. And he he argued first, but then he prayed for her. And he thanked God for his mother, and he thanked God for his Christian home, and for the Bible, and for the example that his parents were, and especially his mother. And he said this, I thank you, God, that she's about to leave us and come to you and he opened his eyes, and she'd passed. And he said this, she taught us how to live, but she taught us how to die. Taught us how to live, ultimate living, how do you do that? Well, you have Jesus, you have God the Father, that's the relationship. You have the security, you're in his hands. I mean, you you, God has a purpose and plan for your life, and ultimately his purpose is for you to live with him forever and forever. And so you have that security by being in his hands and that ultimate commitment. You deposit your life there. You make that choice to do that. And then you have ultimate success. You'll have a home in heaven. And then you'll be able to say, Telestia is finished. God, I commend to you my spirit. Think of that. That's our have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had just to come and think about a word. It is finish. Telestia. It means so much. And Father, you tell us how we can have an ultimate life here on this earth. We can have that by having a relationship with a heavenly father we can have that by an ultimate security, by being in your hands, and by an ultimate commitment where we deposit ourself, our life in you. And then this ultimate success, that when life is over, Lord, we know we have that home in heaven. I pray for every person here this morning that they've trusted you as Lord and Savior of your life. Just a few minutes, Father, we're going to... um, Partake of the Lord's Supper. And Father, I pray, Lord, that we can see the significance now of the Lord's Supper as you hung there on the cross. And how you died on that cross for us. And how your body was, how your flesh was torn and broken. How your blood was spilled for our behalf. And so, Father, all because you were willing to die that we might have eternal life, and we thank you for that today. Well, we pray now for every person here, regardless, Lord, uh, of their age. If they've never accepted you as Lord and Savior of their life, I pray that they'll come today. And, Lord, it, free, this free gift is available to everyone who would receive it. So help us to reflect just for a moment what you did on the cross. And, Father, you're in heaven today, and you're preparing a place for those who put their faith and trust in you. and We're waiting for you to come back, and you're going to come any day. And so, Father, I pray for each person here that there will not be one that will walk out without having put their faith and trust in you. Let this be a, a major decision for some person today, that they'll walk out knowing for the first time that they have eternal life. Thank you for what you're going to do in our time of invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.